Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Kind Parenting Company podcast. I'm Jackie Ward. And I'm Kylie Camps. Join us as we explore topics and share evidence-based information, all while honoring our commitment to kind parenting practices. This is a safe space for conversation and reflections on parenting and motherhood, designed to best support you in raising your little loves and to be the parent you want to be. We are so excited that you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. This week's podcast is brought to you by thekindparentingcompany.com. The Kind Parenting Company specialises in evidence-based parenting methods with a focus on kindness, offering online sleep and toddler programs complete with audio files, video tutorials and access to online support groups. It was actually by being a customer of The Kind Parenting Company that I first became involved with this incredible business. That was seven years ago now, and I went on to purchase all of the programs as my baby boys grew out of babyhood and into toddlers themselves. It was the research-backed, conscious, kind approach that I felt really aligned to, which is something that so many of our current members of the community say too. Podcast listeners can now receive 20% off all programs by using the code KPCPODCAST20. Simply go to the website, which is linked in the show notes, select your program and enter KPC Podcast 2.0 at checkout. Now let's get into what is going to be a special episode of the podcast this week, offering five tips to help your child as they transition back to school after remote learning during the pandemic. As I record this, it's October 2021, and finally, after what has really been 18 months or even longer of uncertainty and disruption in so many lives due to the COVID-19 pandemic, restrictions are slowly starting to lift here in Australia. A huge part of that easing for families is, of course, the fact that our kids are beginning to return to -to face-to-face learning at school. So depending where you are in the country or even in the world, it's likely that very soon your kids will be finishing up with remote learning or learning from home and returning to school or preschool. I'm based here in Sydney and we have been in lockdown this time around for about 16 weeks now. It was a stretch that I don't think many of us anticipated would be as long as it was, but here we are. I realise that everyone's situation is different depending on where you are, but here in Sydney, the schools and preschools are effectively reopening or commencing face-to-face learning again in a staggered response from next week. Now, the demands and experience of homeschooling, if you found yourself in that situation, is definitely worthy of a whole other conversation. 
What I'm going to talk about today is five tips for managing and supporting your child as they transition back to school. I am living this experience right there with you. My eldest, who is seven and in year one, starts back at school on Monday or today as this airs. And my middle guy, who is five, is also returning to preschool after being home for the past four months. So let's dive into these five simple tips that are going to make the next few weeks or whenever it is that your child is going back to school a whole lot smoother for them for you and for the entire family. The first tip I want to share is the importance of normalizing the experience. A key thing that we need to be doing for our children is normalizing this time and their feelings as much as we possibly can. Now, normal is of course a relative term and some would argue that there has been nothing normal about schooling for the majority of our kids over these past two years. But the goal here is to make whatever it is that our kids are feeling about this time normal, to let them know that we understand how they're feeling and to assure them that their thoughts, their emotions, their apprehensions, if they have any, are all okay. When it comes to children and big feelings or, you know, complicated emotions, often where things get tricky is that they lack the skills and life experience to truly understand what it is that they're feeling. They may not be able to identify or to name the emotion, and that can be a really uncomfortable experience. Often it's the confusion that they feel around this and the overwhelm that can be the thing that triggers challenging behaviors or anxiety or withdrawal, you know, depending on the individual child. So they may pick up on the fact that they have this funny feeling in their stomach or that they feel restless or uneasy, but they won't necessarily be able to link that worry to, you know, sorry, link that emotion to worry or to the feeling or the experience of anxiety. On the other hand, perhaps they feel excited and happy or even relieved to be going back to school. But even through that, it's, you know, may feel foreign or new after being away from school for so long. It's likely that many children will be feeling worried about their safety and the safety of others and loved ones as the world begins to open up again. You know, that's kind of to be expected because when we consider the fact that all they've known over these past months or years is social contact restrictions, that doesn't just go away, you know, over the space of a day or a week even. What I'm suggesting is that you find the time to have a one-on-one casual chat with your little one um, to get a gauge on how they are feeling about their return to school. Some of them may be completely unfazed or just excited about the return. And if that's the case, we don't want to be planting seeds of concern or doubt for them. For this reason, it's best to use open-ended, really neutral questions that give our children the opportunity to express themselves without them trying to, you know, read or pick up on our thoughts and feelings about the situation. If they do express concern or share that they're nervous or worried about going back, it's important that we reassure them that their peers are probably feeling exactly the same way and that the way they feel is completely normal and to be expected in the current situation. It's also important that we communicate to them the assurance that this will pass and that 
that we emphasize the positives of this experience for them. Some of these positives may be things like being reunited with their peers or being able to participate in special activities that they love as well. Now, this actually brings me to my second point, which is the fact um, or the suggestion that as parents, we need to be very mindful of our communication and of our energy at this time. Lots of parents are understandably feeling apprehensive or anxious about their children returning to school. And just like with our kids, I think that's perfectly normal and, you know, it's a perfectly acceptable and appropriate emotional reaction to the current situation. It's critically important, though, that we don't pass on our worry or anxiety to our children. Our kids look to us for safety cues. They don't have the experience that we've had or the emotional awareness of adults. And so naturally, what they do is turn to those closest to them, the people that they trust. So that's typically their parents or carers to assess situations. Children tend to gauge how we are feeling about situations and then just adopt our views as their own. This actually starts from a really young age when we are just babies, you know, new to the world and learning how everything works. You can actually see it for yourself if you observe your baby or or someone else's um, when they are exposed to an uncertain or unfamiliar situation or person they actually look to their parents, like physically look to their parents and wait for their parents' reaction before they react on their own. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is a phenomenon called social referencing, and it's actually an inbuilt human reaction. So knowing this, we need to be really careful of the exposure our children have to information through the media the news, but also through conversations we are having with them and around them too. This is the perfect example of an opportunity for us to be the thermostat rather than the thermometer when it comes to our children's lives. We should be the ones setting the temperature, controlling the environment and the vibe and all that our kids are exposed to as much as we can, because realistically there are going to be times when they aren't with us, Um, But certainly in the times when they are with us or in the home, um, it's essential that we are not being reactive or allowing ourselves to be influenced by external influences that may be detrimental for our children. Parents and carers are really in this very privileged position of immense influence over our children's lives. And I think this point just speaks to the fact that it's important that we recognise that. The third tip I have is to manage your expectations about this time, or perhaps I should even say to drop them completely. (laughs) It's important that we really um, manage any preconceived ideas about how our children might go settling back into -into face-to-face learning, and that goes both ways. Maybe your child doesn't seem particularly worried or concerned about it at all, which is amazing. And hopefully that continues on for them as they slip back into face-to-face learning. But if they are, 
you know, approaching it in that way. And then you start to notice that they regress or start to, you know, become worried or express concerns after being back at school. I'd say that is within the realm of, you know, normalcy and certainly what we'd expect to see during this time. Similarly, any child that is reluctant or nervous about returning back to school may work through this and then settle back in really quickly. Or alternatively, it might take them a little bit longer and that's completely okay too. It really is a period of readjustment and that is a very, very individual experience. It happens quicker for some than others and so I think the key here is just being really open to it taking however long it takes and showering grace on our kids and ourselves during this time. That said, if you are concerned about your child or feel that they are, you know, not adjusting or that the experience is causing them ongoing distress, it's always worth reaching out for professional advice. Um, I often suggest that the best place to start is through a conversation with your GP and then they can point you in the right direction if they feel further professional support is needed from there. We are now moving on to yeah number four, um, and this tip is all to do with leveraging the power of connection. So this is something really practical, one of those things that you're going to be able to action and feel proactive about during this time when really there is um, you know a lot that we are unable to control. And this tip comes from the fact that for humans, connection is really the ultimate regulator for us. We are literally built in our brain chemistry to seek connection with other humans. This connection is particularly powerful as a regulating, calming force when we are stressed or feeling dysregulated in any way. So Kaylee Wright from Right to Play on Instagram, she is a primary school teacher and a mum herself to three little ones. She suggests making sure that you are organized and have plenty of time in the mornings when school resumes so that there, you know, if there are any big feelings or if your child is having a really hard time in the morning before school, you have the the space in your morning and the time to actually really be there for them. You know, it's really hard to co-regulate when we are feeling stressed ourselves or rushing out the door or madly packing lunch boxes and pouring cereal at the same time. So whether this means getting up earlier or having things set up the night before, the recommendation is to just buy yourself a little extra time for these first few weeks in the mornings to make sure that you can have the smoothest drop-off possible. On this point too, if you find that your child is having a tricky time, Capitalize on this need that we all have for connection and set up an anchor person for them at school. So this is someone that you know that they are really close to or fond of or someone who's going to be able to support them if they find that they're struggling at school. That anchor person might be a close friend or a particular teacher that they love Um, And you might organize for them, you know, so for example, if it's one of their close friends, you might organize for them to meet your child at the gate in the morning so that they can both walk in together. 
or if it's a teacher that they're particularly close to and, and open to um, speaking to, you might speak to that teacher and organize for them just to check in with your child at lunchtime, just have a little personal conversation, just to make sure that they are feeling okay. Or similarly, flag that person as the one for your child to go to if they find that they're having a tricky time. It's just really essentially creating a um, you know opportunity for having a touch point there a go-to person at school. Now we are up to my fifth and final suggestion, and that is to create a sense of felt safety. So in a time like this, when so much feels out of our control and, you know, there is still so much uncertainty in our days and our lives, this final tip is pretty simple, but it's also incredibly powerful when it comes to our children's emotional well-being. And that is putting our energy into creating this sense of safety for our kids. As adults, especially if we are feeling anxious ourselves, we tend to spend a lot of time living in the future. We let our thoughts go to a place of anticipating future struggles or worries or problem-solving hypothetical scenarios we create in our head. You know, and it's really a strategy for ourselves, essentially, that um, plays into our quest for a sense of control that we feel is lacking in our life. Really though, for optimal wellness, we need to just be living in the present and getting really comfortable in being in, in that space. So what might this look like for our kids? I guess, first and foremost, we need to be assuring our children that it is safe for them to return to school, actually explicitly telling them and having that conversation with them rather than just assuming it's something that they know We need to reassure them that the teachers and the principal and all of the other adults who are looking after their school are following the rules and putting things in place to make sure that all students are safe. And similarly, that the wider public and the doctors and the scientists um, who are part of our community are also all working really, really hard to ensure that COVID is handled properly. Another way to build up a sense of safety for your child is through establishing a daily routine. And for most, this will look like a matter of re-establishing because in the you know time of lockdowns and being at home and learning from home, I'm suggesting what happened for many I know in our home is that previous routines and structures we had sort of tended to become much more flexible (laughs) and things, you know, our typical day looked very different than what it would have looked if the kids were attending preschool and school in person. So have um, a think about re-establishing daily routines because there is immense comfort in routine for humans and this is going to influence your child's sense of safety and, you know, help to modulate any anxiety that they might have. Now, a daily routine doesn't need to be rigid or, you know, structured with military precision. Instead, the goal is to establish a rhythm for your days so that they're predictable and have an element of, yeah, the predictability that is going to to serve to comfort your little one. In particular, I'd like to suggest that you set up a rhythm for your school mornings and also for the nights as your child is winding down and, you know, getting a good night's sleep for the next day of school. Okay, so that brings me to the end of the suggestion. So just quickly to revise the five things that we talked about. The first was to normalize the experience, then to be mindful of your communication and your energy around your child during this transition time. 
The third was to manage your expectations. Then the fourth, to look for opportunities for connection. And the fifth, to put your energy into creating a sense of felt safety for your little ones. So hopefully these tips have been helpful. As always, I would love to continue the conversation over in the Kind Parenting Company forums on Facebook. So if you're a member listening in, please jump over, leave a comment and let me know how the transition is going for your little ones or your family. I look forward to chatting with you further there. And until then, have a beautiful day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and also to head over to thekindparentingcompany.com to check out our resources. We hope to see you in the forum soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.